I'm Hope Duggar. Broadcasting live from the KSHP studios in the heart of Las Vegas, Nevada. It's time to get on the right side of sports betting. It's time for the Odds Couple. Welcome to the Odds Couple. My name is Scott Pritchard. I'm a professional sports better handicapper. Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, joined as always by Brett Grant. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Big news, Scott. Big news? What? You lost a game? The, the Angels didn't win again. Shocking. <laughs> I'm in shock. The Angels. Isn't it $148 million dollar payroll, and they lost to a team with a $27 million dollar payroll not once, not twice, not three times a lady, but four consecutive games. They call that the golden sombrero if you strike out four times. I know for you in bars, it's well beyond four times. I would take for, I would take an 0 for four night, the personally. Angels, wow. And they scored what? One run again last night? Yeah, the, the problem is with the Angels, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but the fact is the Houston Astros are on fire. I mean, what, 7-1, and 8-1, and one, yeah. their last eight or nine games? 7-1, and one, I believe. Six right in on. a row. Well, let's get started with what say you, the Miami Heat game seven last night at home, taking on the Indiana Pacers. The Heat respond with a big fat 23-point win. What say you? Uh, When's the game start? I was expecting to see a game last night. It didn't (laughs) didn't happen. didn't materialize. I give the Heat lots of credit, and this goes back to what we talked about from a trend standpoint. They have, and they have every day in the playoffs, when they lose a game, they respond and win and win convincingly in the following game. So it begs the question, what are you doing losing games in the first place? Why are you uninterested three out of seven times against Indiana when you can blow them out the other games? It's a great point because it's a bad habit to get into. It's a tough way to make a living to turn it on, turn it off. Right. They're good enough to where they can turn it on, and the results have played out well. But, man, oh, man, I don't know if you can get away with that taking on the Spurs in the final. Well, big foul problems last night for the Pacers. Poor shooting uh, by them as well. They turned the ball over about 21 times in the game, and Roy Hibbert was in problems, and then you had, what, Paul George fouls out, and they just had all kinds of foul problems. They could never got into a rhythm last night. Well, I mentioned yesterday on the show that the Indiana Pacers, as much respect as I have for them on the road, I don't trust them. They've laid a number of eggs. Last night, a perfect example, they laid another egg. The Miami Heat came on strong, led by 28 points in the fourth quarter, ultimately winning it by 23 points, winning covering the ease of the number of seven, seven and a half. So now the Pacers are gone, but I think we need to salute, show some respect. I mean, this team was seated third in the conference. They started out three and six. They came on like a house on fire. They're young. They're talented, well-coached. The future is bright for the Pacers. Well, I think so, and I think Frank Vogel's a very good coach. I think he's got uh, the ear of those players. They respect him. I loved his message. You know, every once in a while, they'll, they'll stick a microphone in the huddle, and he'll come out with, guys, we played 13 quarters. We've won Ten of or eight of those thirteen quarters and lost only three of them, and that was after the first quarter. After they had won the actual first quarter, of course, you got to go back and they got destroyed in the second quarter. So apparently, the message didn't work in quarter number two because the Heat came out and outscored them what thirty-three to sixteen and took over control of the game. But it's a very good team with a solid bench, great rebounding. They play very good defense. They have guys who can who can score, who are borderline superstar type players. 
Um, yeah, I think the future is very bright for the Pacers. See, I and Danny Granger, their best player, right. got all year lost for the entire season. So again, the future is bright. But as far as Frank Vogel goes, I think he's a very good coach. But I did not appreciate that comment. What you just said. When he was in the huddle, I thought he was playing to the cameras. It was like patting himself on the back. Hey, never mind that we're going to get our asses kicked in this <laughs> game. Seven. We've won X number of quarters. Well, who the heck cares? How about winning the game? Well, that's true, I guess. I think uh, we won 10 out of 13 quarters. Well, well, congratulations. He, you lost the series. Well, I think he was try just trying to sell to his guys that you can do this. We're in this. We just won this quarter. Let's win the next quarter. And then we'll worry about the second half. It's just it's like an inning. If you take a strategy as a manager and say, guys, you know, and a good strategy for a lot of youth teams, high school teams, is let's just win this inning. Not worry about the game. Then win the next inning. Win the, if we keep winning innings, we're going to eventually win the game. And I think that was what he was trying to do. One game at a time, right. one day at a time, this show, one show at a time. Right. This we, is the I'm odds thinking couple. the same thing, 49 more minutes. 49 Can we do and it? counting. Can we <laughs> Can make it? Can we do it? Do we have enough material? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure we don't. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> You're listening to The Odds Couple on KSHP AM 1400 Radio, live and worldwide, Vegas Video Network. How cool is that? I'm telling you, these shows are archived. I'm reminding you that the studio line is open at 702-221-7283 live chat up and running check out my site pritchardspicks.com opt in a lot of the information is free some of the information you do have to pay for get dialed in for my how to make money betting football sports betting seminar on the strip harris hotel casino it's friday september 6th opening weekend for pro football i'll be joined by dink fellow professional sports better he's been featured in the movie lay the favorite starring bruce willis as dink your investment 697 dollars if you sign up by august 20th it's only 397 dollars it goes from 9a to 5p harris hotel casino on the strip check me out also on vegasinsider.com a million views per day. Tim Donahue, former NBA official, has his site, sports betting site, refpicks.com. I'm one of the featured handicappers on that site as well. I do want to recap last night's game, the fact that LeBron James, he made things a little bit easier for D-Wade in the heat. Yesterday morning during the shoot-around, he said, listen, I'll take care of George. George, two for nine, shooting, struggled. James, we know that he can pass, rebound, and shoot. We also know when he wants to, he can play pretty good defense. In the past, my knock on James, as much as I like and respect the guy, has been that he let somebody else guard the best player, right? a la D. Wade. But last night he said, listen, it's game seven. I'll take the main man. He did a great job. He shut him down. Well, he did that in the previous <coughs> series, too, didn't he, where somebody burned him pretty bad he took him out and took him out of the series. But the other thing was he gave Dwayne Wade – it didn't. It didn't wear him down. Gave him the freedom offensively to play better, and Dwayne Wade was much better. He went seven of sixteen, I think, from the floor at twenty-one points in the game, and he looked a lot fresher in that game. And LeBron was still LeBron offensively, thirty-two points. The team was able to get off offensive rebounds. In fact, they were the you know, the Heat early in the game, and they, and for the entire game, out rebounded the Pacers. Now a lot of that had to do with the fact that Roy Hibbert was on the bench quite a bit with foul problems. And I think that lends itself to the fact that the Heat did not settle. They didn't fall in love with the outside jump shot last night. They drove hard to the basket. They attacked the rack. And when that happens, Hibbert, 
the main man defensive clog for the Pacers, of course he's going to be more prone to getting into foul trouble. And I thought the fouls were legit. In fact, I thought he, there were a couple of fouls in the first quarter that were not called. But again, I respect the fact that the Heat, and like you said, why don't they do this every game? Right. They did it last night. Why? Because they had to. But, you know, history has a way of repeating itself. Right. The fact is this Heat team, a good, talented team, whenever they've been embarrassed or lost they generally come back and you mentioned this yesterday brett they not only win they win going away and last night was another example well and they also uh, made the free throws they were 33 of 38 from the foul line last night if you get that many free shots unguarded i mean you're knocking it out at nearly 87 percent you're not going to lose hardly any games if you're getting 33 free points in a game and i'm not saying the referees were tilted one way or the other but yeah i, I agree with you i thought you know the game was the Heat didn't settle for jump shots, and when they did, they were open three-point shots. They were, I think, 6 of 16 on that. Otherwise, they were going to the basket, and, and Wade was going right at uh, Hibbert, and so was James, and they were and they were getting to the basket. Chris Bosh still was not very good, 3 of 13. He actually apologized to his teammates during the shoot-around, basically, or, or in the locker room before the game, saying, guys, I'm sorry, I suck. Basically, they said, it's okay, we know you suck. <laughs> I, what do you, what do you say to that? Talk about overstating the obvious. Exactly. <laughs> and why would you do that? You're a professional. Act like one. Right. I mean, I'm I make so, picks sorry, on this show, guys. and occasionally, once every five days, I lose. I don't apologize <laughs> for that. Once every five days. <laughs> Is it once every six days? No, it's, it's <laughs> once out of seven. We're not here two days a week. We've got to go one out of seven. <laughs> You're listening to The Odds Couple, KSHP AM 1400 Radio, live and worldwide, Vegas Video Network. We would love to hear from you. 702-221-7283. We want to hear from you. Who do you think is going to win, the Heat or the Spurs? The series price, the Heat at home. Three of the first five games are in San Antonio, but four of the seven games, if it goes the distance, will be in Miami. The Heat favored anywhere from minus 230 to minus 250 to minus 260. Take back on the Spurs. Anywhere from plus 90, plus 205, plus 210 is the best take back on the Spurs. Game one, Heat favored by five and a half. Five and a half. Okay, I was gonna. I, I didn't look at it. I looked last night. I didn't see the number last night. I figured you would give me that update. Did it open five and a half, or did it start somewhere? Five, five and a half, right in that ballpark, okay. and it's it's right it's right where it opened. There well, hasn't I been did, any move on the on the side. You know, you got. I mean, there's the rust versus rest factor for San Antonio, and then there's the heat factor of I don't really care. It's game one. I can lose game one. I mean, off you know, just on a, a cursory thing, I, I got to lean towards the points in game one, just off the top of my head, thinking that the that the Heat are going to go out and say, I don't care, it's game one, we're still good, we can go out and win whenever we need to go win. They have that mentality about themselves. Although, if they do lose game one or game two, it gives the Spurs a chance to win the series back in San Antonio. Although sweeping a very good team. Uh, three games in a row in my in, in San Antonio would still be very difficult. In fact, the, the interesting thing about this is the sideline or the sideshow that happened during the regular season where Greg Popovich sent half his team home from Miami uh, to San Antonio on a, one of his scheduled days of rest, and then Miami returned the favor when they returned to San Antonio, and they sat half their team down, although they disguised it as guys being injured when they really weren't. They were just taking a day off, and it was just basically – Screw you! You did it to us. We're doing it back to you. Um, that is kind of interesting that these two teams are here in the in the NBA Finals. Well, I find it interesting, Brett, because let's remind everyone what took place. The Spurs were playing their fifth game in seven or eight nights. They were at the Miami Heat. It was a high-profile game. It was on TNT on a Thursday night, and Popovich pretty much does what Popovich does, which is 
stick it to David Stern whenever he can, and he just sent four of his right. star players home, get some rest, get ready for Memphis, which they were going to be playing. Which was in a the bit more important nights. game. Exactly. Well, and because it's a non-conference game, I mean the Miami Versus Heat. Versus the Memphis game, which was important. Right, yeah. and also the fact is you don't ever have a throwaway game, but the fact is the Miami Heat were well-rested, hungry, at home, and they were favored by double digits in that game, and the Spurs, with their backups, it was a three-point lead for San Antonio, if I remember right, with about two minutes to go before the Heat ultimately came on to win the game. But, yeah, you're right. I, I actually respected what the Heat did then when they came to San Antonio <laughs> late in the year. I believe it was yeah, late March. It was. And, and they sat two of their three star players, and they, they won the game. Of course, the Spurs were banged up. No excuses. But the idea is the it'll show that the Heat went 2-0 and against the Spurs. But the bottom line is the Heat did not want to show too much in case they meet in the NBA Finals. Right, but maybe that was what Popovich was thinking, too, although I think his was more of he's been doing that rest thing for years. But really, in the two matchups, to, you know, to hammer home your point, neither team really showed the other team what they have. Well, that's exactly right. What's right. interesting? The only difference was David Stern being the prick that he is. He fined the Spurs two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. But Miami Heat, you want to sit a couple of star players and say they tweaked an ankle? Fine, it's okay. Right. You're the Miami Heat. We love you. We want you in the finals. But the Spurs, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars right now. You're right. You're right. It, it's, it would be like uh, you know the Patriots are going to play in Green Bay on a on a Thursday night game, and Tom Brady's taking the day off because we just played. We just played on Sunday. <laughs> we got to play again on Thursday. <laughs> then later on in the year, Aaron Rodgers takes a day off, and it's like, what? Yeah, you know, it's a little different with obviously with basketball and the the way things are. But you don't see that a lot of this stuff in the other sports. It just kind of, you know, if if the you know if the best player in baseball takes a day off and he happened to be playing on the road somewhere, nobody says boo. I do. I you boo might. at every opportunity. Well, but you went to see the Astros. <laughs> well, I went to see the Angels play yeah. the Astros. So imagine, okay. I mean, you Who and I. Who is the Astros' best player? I'm not even you, sure. you and I, right? You and I, are paying these big fat contracts, pool holes. First of all, who signs a hitter at the age of thirty for ten years? Well, he pool was thirty-three, thirty-four when they did. In his early thirties, Dominican. Ten years. Plus, he's Dominican and he's older than that anyway. I what, don't mean to be a conspiracy what about Josh, theorist. Josh Hamilton. Right. Yeah. Josh Hamilton, $125 million, and you don't even play him in the lineup when they're facing a left-handed pitcher. Last night, another perfect example. But so I go to Anaheim. Okay, I'm a sports better, so I don't care. Just let me know who's in the starting lineup, and I'll handicap it accordingly. But I'm a man of the people. I'm talking about you and the fans of the world out there that imagine you take your, your kids to see Albert Pujols play right. on a Friday night only to find out, oh, we're going to give him some rest. Last night. Josh Hamilton, not in the lineup. But why? They say he needed rest. It's like rest. He took two games off last week because of back spasms. Right. Now he's going to just say it the way it is. He's not in the lineup because he, he's terrible against left-handed pitching. Well, I mean, it's, they should do that. But at the same time, when you play 162 games or 80 games in hockey, 82 in the NBA or whatever <laughs> that, that number is, you have to be able to expect somebody to miss a game or two for whatever reason. Guys – you know, the the days of Lou Gehrig or, you know, the Iron Horse and Cal Ripken. And, I mean, Yadier Molina this year has played, I think, all but three or four games. He got kicked out of one the other day. I'll talk about that a little bit later on. But he's a catcher. What's more demanding than being a catcher? Guys are typically, 
if you are a full-time major league player, you're going to play about 150 out of 162 games. You're going to take about 12 games off. One every 10 days or so, you're going to take it's a day too off. much. It's too much. You're playing well, you a get game. Tired. You're talking really. It's hot. You get it's the tired. Dog days of summer. Pool holes on Saturday. Albert can Saturday barely night. walk. He's a DH. Right. All right. He can't. He can't get in a wheelchair and, <laughs> and head up to the batter's box. He needs rest after four at bats where he goes over four. He needs to take a break. Did you see him jog to first me? base when he grounds out to shortstop? I also saw him sprint to second looking for a double to pad his stats. So I'm not buying it. Exactly. I'm telling you. Well, I don't think he's 100% healthy. Josh Hamilton, I agree with you. It's, but if you're an Angels fan, I don't think you're upset that Josh Hamilton is not in the lineup. <laughs> I think you're applauding the fact that he's not in the lineup because he's terrible right now. Well, he's been terrible, and it all started at the All-Star game last year. He right. hasn't been the same player for whatever right. reason at that time. Now, That's some people have That's said that he was overswinging. It's like, whatever. I mean, bottom line is the bottom line. He's yeah. not producing. $125 million. This Angels team, and again, why does this Angels manager get a free pass? Based on something they did in 2003? I don't think he will much longer. I don't think any of those guys will much longer. You just lost at home to the, worst, the second worst team in baseball. Okay, You just lost to a team... Four consecutive times. It's early, not a time to overreact, but this team has underachieved with a capital U. Well, how much how much longer do we go and still say it's early? We're in June now. We're, well, we're, we're talking third 57, of the We're a third games. of the month through the a third of the uh, way through the season. Right. Well, so. there are eleven games out of first place. Eleven. Yeah. They're not good. And, and, and they're tied with the uh, and they're tied with Seattle for third place, fourth place, and the Astros, thanks to that four game sweep, are now only four games out of catching them. Interesting. Yeah. Amazing. Well, this is The Odds Couple on KSHP AM 1400 Radio. We're live Monday through Friday from 10A to 11A. Live chat, up and running, compliments of Vegas Video Network, live and worldwide. Studio line 221-7283. That's 702-221-7283. If you want to dial in, hone in your views in regards to the NBA Finals, the Miami Heat taking on the San Antonio Spurs. Game one, five and a half is the number. The Heat favored i think i realize that the spurs have been off for quite some time but i think also the miami heat have some momentum and they are going to have adequate rest it's not like they have to play tomorrow night right. they get an extra day so i expect to have a good showing i, I really feel uh, it's amazing though that's why they call it gambling because on paper you would think okay it's going to be a great Series, a la the San Antonio Spurs taking on the Memphis Grizzlies. Going to be an exciting series. It's basically a pick, although all the wise guy money came in on the Spurs, and now you know why it's important right. to FTM follow the money. It went from minus 10 to minus 50. The Spurs swept them four consecutive games. Last night, game seven, wow, it's exciting. The Pacers, a very competitive team. They've been right there. It's game seven. It's going to be tight. No, not really. 23-point blowout. It was no contest. No contest. The Heat destroyed the Pacers. So that's why we might think on paper that it's going to be a very good series, that the Heat will win, or will the Spurs pull off the upset, or will it be a rout? We don't know. That's why they call it gambling. There you go. Now let me ask you this. The game last night, the sharp money, early money, came in on the Pacers. Where did the game end up closing? Back well, at 7, 7.5? I, I want to talk about that because there was no move. I mean, the line... Look over your shoulder. There you go. I love... <laughs> Pritchard. <laughs> I've never, ever had anyone say that to me. <laughs> I, your, I lawyer, you. your lawyers have said that to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, <laughs> they're paid to say that. 
But I'm bummed. What was the question? I'm here till Thursday. What was the question? The money on the Pacer game. There was no move on the game. The line opened seven, seven and a half. It stayed seven, seven and a half. And this clown, is it a boxer? Is some guy going on record? Did you hear about Did this? Did Floyd Mayweather bet $5 million on the game? I heard this from my son. I go, what? $5.9 million. This guy's an attention whore. Right. And the, the brain-dead media picks up on it. And the guy's a good marketing guy, okay? <laughs> to say that he bet $5.9 million and to not have a move, it's like, wow, you get no respect. All right. <laughs> hey, I bet $5.9 You get on mad the if it doesn't move if you put $1,000 Exactly. Oh, right. on, on totals because, right. again, they'll, they'll move it. But can you imagine that the line $5.9 million? It would have gone to 10 or 11 or 12, right? Cantor Gaming in Las Vegas, they, they take good money, big money. But if you went to every outlet in this town – the line would move for $5.9 million. And this egomaniac has gone on record after the fact. Every time he wins a bet, he'll post his winning ticket. It's like, why don't you post some losing tickets there, clown? He's not here, is he? No. Good. Good. No. <laughs> now let me ask you this. Was the ticket legit? Did he, did he actually make this wager? I'm, in a word, I'm saying hell no. Okay. I mean, if it was, he would be posting it. I understand. So I, I think a it's a Did rumor. You, I didn't see a picture. No, no yeah. there, is, there doesn't exist. But you're right, though. I mean, from It's a just a big, big media deal, if in my opinion. If somebody laid nearly $6 million on an NBA game, where would the line go to? How much of a it movement would, would you see in your mind? It would move, but much? it also has to do with the fact, well, I'm not a sportsbook supervisor, but you have to understand something, okay. that that kind of money, you have to look at, it, it's a square number. The number was right. Forget the fact that the Heat won by 23 points. I'm sorry. <laughs> Floyd oh, loves love Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do a show here, boys and girls. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, we're going to keep it moving. Let's talk some hockey. Go ahead. The Bruins won. All right. Back to me. We're going to take a break. We'll be, uh, before we take a break, we're going to do spin to win. I'm going to bring in the big monster wheel. All right, it's Back here. I knew it was here somewhere. Oh, it's behind All us. All right. Great. I didn't want to talk hockey anyway. All right. I didn't either because it was not much of a game last night. The uh, Penguins have lost both games at home. So c credit the uh, the fabulous Boston Bruins. Okay, we got White Sox and Mariners. The over-under for this game is six. So spin to win has to do with keeping an objective point of view. Check your emotions. Check your ego at the door. Emotions cloud judgment. I am forced to make an argument for the over or the under. We're about to find out. Brett automatically has to take the other side. We have oh. the Seattle Mariners. They're at home against the Chicago White Sox. What, who do You've I, got the under. Under six. We've talked before on this show in regards to betting totals. If a football game is extremely high, about 60% of the time, it will go over. Conversely, if a total is extremely low on a football game, say 33, oftentimes about 55, 60% of the time, it will go under. So in this case, I'm making an argument. There's a reason why the sports books have made this total six, all right? It's an extremely low total. There might be some value in the under based on the uh, pitching matchups here. We're looking at Hernandez, the main man for the Seattle Mariners. His whip factor, 1.06. PV, 1.10. Interesting. PV versus Hernandez. ERA, 3.62 versus 2.38. From a handicapping standpoint, we look more at the whip factor. Walks, hits, per innings pitch. And that's what you want to look at. And it's extremely low, hovering right around one for both pitchers. I see value in the under six. Wow, it, it, it's the lowest total I've ever seen in the American League. I don't, I don't recall seeing anything this low uh, this year yet. And, and certainly 
we won't see it too often unless we have two dynamos. The interesting thing is, to me, does Jake Peavy and the White Sox, does he deserve to have a, a total so low with his performance and where he's been? First of all, the last 10 starts for Felix Hernandez, the total, this total of six would have been a loser five times and it would have pushed once only a winner four times in, in his form. And we know how good King Felix Hernandez is uh, for the Seattle Mariners. Last night, by the way, these two teams played in Seattle. It was 4-2. to two. Uh, Jake Peavy on the other side, he's 6-3 and three on the year a, a, and a pretty solid pitcher. The White Sox struggling, Scott, especially offensively uh, with what they've been doing this year. And they've lost, what, six in a row, seven in a row, I think they've lost, something like that. But Jake Peavy, if you take this total and apply it to Jake, 11 runs the last time out, 8, 9, 9, 15, 7. He's got a few that are under. I, I could see 6.5. I could see 7. But all I need is somebody to get to 3-3, three, three and I can't lose. I, I like the over. White Sox have lost seven straight games. Interesting, as a team, they've gone under 4. PV on the mound. Hernandez, the man for Seattle, 6 the total. We'll see. Interesting. I mean, like you said, the big thing you said, my friend, American League total. Right. I mean, you will see in the National League every now and again, you might see something yeah, as low as five and a half. But I'm thinking, is that a hockey total? Well, no, I, well, but we'll see it with Clayton Kershaw against, you know, Matt Cain when Matt Cain was on fire or an Adam Wainwright or somebody terrific. I don't think Jake Peavy is that kind of pitcher anymore where he would be a guy that would justify. I mean, if you're telling me it was Hernandez versus Verlander and both guys were on perfect form, okay. I could see that, but I don't think of Jake Peavy that way. I think two things. One, Hernandez, we know, is the real deal. Sure. It is a pitcher-friendly park in Seattle. And then you talk about the ineptness offensively for the Chicago White Sox. Again, four consecutive unders as a team, and they're facing a stud horse tonight in Hernandez. Well, last time out for Jake Peavy against the powerful Chicago Cubs. He lasted four innings and gave up eight hits and six runs. In four innings. But we know in betting baseball totals, you're betting the pitchers, but you're also betting the park. And we both know right. if the wind is blowing out at in right. Wrigley that, you know, it lends itself to the over. I mean, we see totals as high as 13 sometime in Chicago. And I don't even want to talk about totals in Colorado where the Rockies play. Yeah. Well, the last time out he played on the road, his last other road game was over here in Anaheim. And the Angels, who took him four games to score six runs, scored six runs off of Jake Peavy, too. I just don't know that he's in the current form, and I don't know if you have an opinion on the game or not. It's just, to me, boy, six. And I saw that last night. You sent me that note. And I went, wow, six. That's a pretty low number for the American League. I don't recall seeing a six and a half in the American League right now. We're talking sports, sports betting, the odds couple. Scott Pritchard, professional sports better. My site, Pritchard'sPicks.com, joined by Brett Grant. Great to have you with us. We're going to take a commercial break. We'll be right back. Have you ever thought you should be on the radio? Or have you considered doing an online video show or podcast? If so, now is your only chance to do both at the same time. KSHP and the Vegas Video Network have teamed up to provide the only multi-camera broadcast quality video and live radio simulcast in Las Vegas. And instead of having your show played at some ungodly hour, the KSHP Vegas Video Network partnership is producing shows that play from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. Imagine having your own radio show broadcasting to the entire Las Vegas Valley and combine that with an online presence that is viewed in all 50 states and 150 countries, both live and on demand. This is a first and an outstanding opportunity to give voice to your business, your ideas, and your talent. 
If you'd like your own show on KSHP and the Vegas Video Network, contact us today at 221-1200. That's 221-1200. To the odds couple on KSHP AM 1400 Radio, Scott Pritchard alongside Brett Grant. We would love for you to be a part of the show. Reach out to us. Email us at oddscouple at vegasvideonetwork.com. That's oddscouple at vegasvideonetwork.com. Also, we would love to hear your voice on our show. You can do that through web-based voicemail on our network. Go to Vegas Video Network. Right-hand side, there's a red bar. Hit that. I'm about ready to hit somebody. Yeah. Talking all this boxing and this Mayweather character with this fluke bet. All right, enough of that. In the middle of the page, you have a green bar. Hit start recording. Voila, you're on the air with web-based voicemail live chat up and running keep those questions comments concerns coming if you miss us live no worries reach out to us vegas video network youtube itunes roku where do you find frustration in sports you don't have to look far whether it's sports sports betting are you kidding me are you kidding me? I did not realize that our executive producer, Scott Whitney, was an artist as well. Look at it. Look at him now. He's got Floyd Mather, Mayweather beating you up. And you now have a concave face. I knew you had a concave well, chest. I had one long before not- that. <laughs> well, hey, gonna- a concave chest? Really? <laughs> no. Well, never mind. Hey, I'm, are you kidding me? Uh, I'm going to go to, again, Major League Baseball. And our umpiring situation. We've had a couple of interesting ejections in the last couple of days. This one, there was one last night involving Russell Martin on a call that was on a pitch. He was catching. A.J. Burnett throws a ball that is right down the middle of Broadway. And it's called a ball. And Russell Martin doesn't even bother to turn around. But I'm sure he's saying nice things to the umpire. Didn't turn around to show him up. Right. But he let out his frustration as he was walking away never did turn around and he got thrown out of the game and it was a horrible call by the umpire and he threw him out of the game on sunday yadier molina who is without question the best catcher in major league baseball and he's a terrific player a gold glove winner and, a, and becoming a very good hitter as well for the cardinals was trying to beat out a ball deep in the hole at shortstop the shortstop uh, uh, made a terrific play for the giants and threw him out by an eyelash and Molina took off his helmet and threw it on the ground as he was going past the umpire. He didn't throw it at the umpire. He didn't, according to Molina, he was frustrated with himself for not beating out the ground ball. And I would yell at Molina because he tends to trot to first base a lot and only turns on the gas when he feels like he needs to. Oh, are you talking about pool holes? Well, they, they are one and the same <laughs> in that regard. Um, but I will, as a Cardinal fan, I will gladly accept his two trots a game to first base in exchange for his terrific catching because his catching is spectacular. But the umpire threw him out of the game. And it was the first or second inning of the game. I think it was the first inning. And Molina just, as he's running down the line, took off his helmet and threw it on the ground in frustration. Never said a word to the umpire. He just happened to be relatively close to the umpire. And he threw him out of the game. Then, of course, the fireworks started. And now Yadier Molina has been suspended for a game for what was an incident where he probably should not have been thrown out of the game. So again, we have umpires who are taking, they're taking center stage, just like they do in the NBA, where suddenly the officials are trying to be part of the game and and show up a player, or they're not going to be showing up. I'm a big guy. I got my big boy pants on today. I'm tossing you, Mr. Superstar, out of the game. It's frustrating, and are you kidding me? 
I guess my question for you, Brett, would be what is the answer? I'm thinking as I'm listening to this, and I know you're right, and it's a bigger concern today than ever before because it's it used to be like once every two or three months. Now it's once every two or three days. Right. These umpires, these officials do not, for whatever reason, have thick skin. If they have a vendetta against you based on something that you said, you're, they're going to toss you. I, I think one solution would be we all need to be held accountable. I think this, the umpire should get suspended. And then they keep suspending these guys until they actually start letting the players decide the outcome of these games. Well, the umpire last night, and I forget what his name was, but they showed his stats and where he ranked among major league umpires and the percentage of calls when he's behind the plate that are considered to be accurate balls and strikes based on the major league strike zone, you know, from your knees to your chest and back and forth. He's accurate about 86% of the time. That's a pretty big margin for error. He's wrong 50, almost 15% of the time. How does that compare to his he peers? He ranks about 65th among his peers. Or I think this year he's improved to 48th or something like that. So he's, I think he's in the 40s this so year. So he's questionable in terms he's of competence, certainly and he has short skin. Yeah, he's, he's, he's certainly in, this, in the bottom half of the major league umpires. You would think that he would be acclimated to being verbally abused, knowing that right. he's only right 86% well, of the time. And why is he not being suspended? Exactly. That's kind of my point. Right. If you start suspending these guys, then maybe they wouldn't be so quick to bring undue attention to themselves by tossing some guy right. because you don't have thick skin. Now, I don't want Major League Baseball to go do what tennis does and, and have a, a strike zone that's monitored by lasers and we get a why not? beep. Why not? Strike one. Why not? Because the strike zone is different for every player. If you're six foot five and I'm five foot six, we don't have the same strike zone. Your strike zone's bigger than mine. If, that's just that's just. It, I just now thought of something based on what you just said. Right. I'm not wasn't it, wasn't six, it your St. Louis Cardinals who made a mockery of the league by having St. Louis a Browns a, a midget that would that lead off the game because it was a short strike that was zone? Eddie Goodell, and he was a St. Louis Browns. You could ask my father about that later this week because he was a Browns fan growing you up. You don't want to own this? You want to talk no. about your Cardinals each and every day, it but you the don't Browns. want to own this? It was the St. Louis Browns. It was Bill Veck and the Browns. And they play where? They used to they play in Baltimore now. Well, where did they play? <laughs> they used to play in St. Louis. No further questions. Long before I was born. <laughs> Long before I was born. You're not going to own that. It's like you accusing me of being a slave owner for crying out loud. <laughs> I mean, give me a break. <laughs> We're going to keep things moving with my segment, Are You Kidding Me? I'm talking about the Los Angeles, Anaheim, whatever they call themselves. I call them big fat losers. The Los Angeles Angels, 11 games out of first place the team picked to win the American League West. The Texas Rangers have something to say about that. They lost Josh Hamilton, yet they just keep on keeping on. They're in first place. The Texas Rangers, I like them. They're good. Yeah. They're, they're number one in all the pitching in the American League. We know they can hit, and defensively they've been very competitive. But the Angels, on the other hand, let's talk about this pathetic team. Ninth, 15 teams in the American League. The Angels, with that $149 million payroll, ninth in hitting out of 15 teams. Tenth in pitching. Twelfth in fielding. Usually, I mean, if you're bad in two out of three usually you're really really good in one no they're terrible nine ten twelve hitting pitching fielding los angeles angels are you kidding me when you bring up the the texas rangers who lost josh hamilton and are probably better because they lost him it, it opened up a couple of spots for them uh they went out and made a couple of moves obviously you darvish is terrific 
uh, in that rotation. Derek Holland, very good. Joe Nathan in the back end of the bullpen, very good. They went out and got uh, A.J. Brzezinski to settle down their catching situation. They signed Lance Berkman to be their D.H., and he's a professional hitter. They've got guys like Mitch Moreland, who are very good. Elvis Andrus is terrific. Adrian, uh, Andre, uh, of course, Beltre is terrific at third base. And, and Nelson Cruz is having a, a nice season for them as well. They have to, And here's the thing. They have tons of hitting already. They, by losing a hitter, it wasn't that big of a deal. The Angels, as we talked about many times, have and have had plenty of hitters. They didn't need another bat. The Angels needed another pitcher. And when they, it really exposed the Angels when Jared Weaver went down because you really found out they really didn't have any pitching. And now he's back and he's pitching today. I think Weaver's back today. Uh, he's pitched once already. He's back starting again today. But, uh, you know, Joe Blanton now 1-9. Although he pitched well yesterday, 1-9. He's one of your starting pitchers. Well, you look at Jared Weaver, the leader, the the ace of the pitching staff. Now, he got hurt, banged up, looked good his last time out. I expect the Angels as bad as I may. I throw them under the bus on a daily basis. I would expect that they'll get happy today. They're a favorite at home today against the Chicago Cubs. Weaver, their ace is going. But Jerome Williams has been outstanding for the Angels so he has been a pleasant surprise, but yet, again, I was there Saturday night. He pitched a gem, and they still lost. And you talked about Blatton. The guy pitched eight innings last night. Pitched he did well. his job, but if you don't score, right? It just a couple of weeks ago, I mean, this team had been a dead-over team, but now they're not hitting. Their bats have gone south. They've wasted a couple of good pitching efforts by their starters. And so, well, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. Well, they're not getting the two, uh, you know, they're not ham and egging it. They're not, they're not figuring out, hey, we're getting a great pitching effort. We just got to score three runs today. And when they do score eight runs, they're not getting a good pitching effort and they're giving up nine. So they're losing nine, eight or two, one or three, one or something like that. And they just can't get that happy medium going. If you're Mike Sosha, before you fire him, I realize, what do you do to that lineup? How do you shake it up to find a way to get the bats going? Like yesterday you saw they had um, Hamilton on the bench. They've had Pools on the bench. Trumbo's not necessarily hitting all the time. The only bona fide superstar right now performing day in and day out is Mike Trout. I love Mike Trout. I would also, I mean, I also like Howie Kendrick. And Trumbo, I mean, he has a rifle of an arm in right field. I really, well, of course, now they their center fielder is coming back, so Trout's probably, well, this week sometime. And you have Trout's probably going to go from center field to left well, field. He missed, as good as Mike Trout is, I mean, the guy miss, he miss, he messes up the routine plays. He's capable of jumping out of the stadium and making an outstanding play. Right. But Friday night, as an example, I mean, he misplayed a ball to center field. He was ready to jump out of the stadium, played it over his left shoulder. The ball went over his right shoulder Oops. off the wall. Yeah, and it led to a couple of runs. And then he was also picked off. I mean, he yeah, is I a saw the bona fide good player, but he hit a double. This was on Saturday, I believe. And then he caught napping on second base. They picked him off. I mean, and that's it was a, a huge play because then the Angels had the bases loaded after that and lost the game. The next guy made it out when it had Trout not been t- uh, picked off. He would have scored based on a couple of walks and an infield hit. He would have scored. We don't remember, though, with him, he is still 20 years old, right? I understand. And he's also playing for peanuts. I mean, he's very underpaid, but he's going to get his money. Have you seen how expensive peanuts are in the the ballpark? No, I don't eat. I'm not much of a food uh, aficionado. What was your food tab bill for the weekend? It wasn't much. No? No, I I respect my money. 
Okay. So I don't mind losing a couple thousand on the game, <laughs> but I refuse to pay nine dollars for a burger. Okay. When I can get one at Del Taco for a buck fifty or whatever it is. So. Fair enough. But you're surprised by that. You actually think I'm one of those clowns that goes and eats food. You might have your own waitress. I have no idea. I have to tell you. <laughs> I have to tell you. Latrell Spreewell. Right. Latrell Spreewell. Feed my family. Exactly. <laughs> well, I guess I don't have to share the story. You've already shared the punch. So. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's talk something else. Let's talk basketball. Oops. <laughs> Kobe Bryant says he'll be ready opening day. What do you say? I wouldn't shock me. I mean, Kobe's been a guy who's uh, very motivated by playing. He's got to think he's only got maybe a year or two or three left. And if he can be healthy and be ready to go, I think part of it is he's talking about what? I'm going to go out and talk to Dwight. I'm going to give him the salesmanship and, and – uh, Try and get Dwight to stick around. If you're Kobe, do you want Dwight to stick around, or would you rather have uh, Paul Gasol? You want both. both. You need both. And so, I mean, as much of a bust as Dwight Howard has been since going to L.A., Kobe Bryant has Dwight's back because Kobe needs Dwight Howard. How pathetic are the Lakers today that you need Dwight Howard? You need Paul Gasol. And so Kobe has no shot. He doesn't have much of a shot anyway, but without Paul and without Dwight, he has no shot whatsoever. So obviously he's going to solicit and try to keep those guys in Los Angeles. Now, we talked yesterday briefly that Jason Kidd and Grant Hill retired after 18, 19 years in the league. They both came out in 1994, number two, number three. Glenn Robinson, big dog Robinson, who turned out to be pretty much a bust from the University of Purdue drafted, right. uh, played a lot for, the, I know, the Milwaukee Bucks. But we're talking about Jason Kidd, and we're talking about Grant Hill. And I joked yesterday that Jason Kidd retired two years ago. Right. He just didn't tell anybody until he officially announced it yesterday. But I, I'm okay with Jason Kidd. I'm not a big fan. I'm probably the only person, 7 billion people on the planet, the only person who doesn't really care for Grant Hill. This guy was a media darling. Uh, great. I mean, I liked, I loved his dad, Calvin, Calvin Hill, yeah. who played amateur football, played for the Cowboys. Well, he played for the Redskins, though, too. Was that pro football? That is the pro football, okay. yes, yes. See, I remember Calvin Hill when he was with the Redskins coming to St. Louis and just running roughshod over my beloved football, Gridbird Cardinals. Would have been during the, big the 70s. Red. Yeah, the big yeah, red. Right on. Yeah. Well, Grant Hill, we talked about him yesterday. I mean, he's a media darling. I, I just... Again, can't think of anyone less significant the past 10, 13 years in the NBA. This guy, the first few years, not bad. Not bad. Rookie of the year. Co-rookie of the year. Right. Congratulations. That was 135 years ago. But what have you done lately? Grant Hill. Come on. Is it because he played for Duke and you don't, you don't like Duke and you never liked him from that standpoint? Not or? at all. I look no. at the numbers, and the okay. numbers clearly show that he played 19 years, but really it equates out to more like, 12 because he missed he a lot something. of injuries 600 he? games that's like six seven seasons grant hill so he's more fragile than a china doll is what you're trying to say absolutely and when yeah. he did play he wasn't that good since the injuries i mean but so the th- you might say well gosh he cut the guy some slack give him a break he he wasn't the same oh well then why did he stay in the league why i mean richard jefferson just picked up 11 million dollars to the surprise of no one, because it's in his contract, and he picked it up. It's like, really? Of course he's going to pick it up. He's sitting on the bench. I'm sorry. You were going to give me $11 million. Hey, it's for <laughs> Floyd Mayweather. It's two bets. <laughs> All right, I want to talk winning streaks, losing streaks, baseball. We know it's a streaky sport. The Oakland A's, how do you not like this team? Love The em. Oakland A's. I mean, I, they play ball. 
the right way, like your Cardinals. I respect your St. Louis Cardinals, the best record in baseball. I know this because you tell me every day. Well, here's the interesting thing about this. I, I, I put this on there yesterday. Cardinals out, by the way, are 38-19. That's the perfect 667, winning two-thirds of their game, which is the best record in baseball. Have I told you that? No. But they've played 18 series so far. So think of it this way, 18 series, usually a three-game series. I think they've played three series that have been four-game series or two-game series, and they have split three of those. So if you take the remaining 15 series, Cardinals are 13-2 and two in those series. They've lost only two series all year. That's amazing. It is amazing, and there's no way they can sustain that. And as I respectfully replied to your post after right. stating that, Congratulations, Cardinals. Thank you. After 57 games, there are only 101 more games to go. <laughs> we're, we're, we're only playing 158 this year? Are we playing 162? Oh, maybe my math. What did I, I say? What did I say? You said 158. But what did, no, I, I 162 think games, but what did I, did my post, was I my think math was, wrong? Yeah, I think you said oh, 101. Okay. I'd say, it, it should have been 105. <laughs> well, I'm allowing for a three. Three rainouts? Three, yes, four rainouts? exactly. Okay. Yeah. The games <laughs> won't matter because the Cardinals have clinched the vision so far. Probably. The amazing thing about this, the National League Central is that you have the, the Reds and the Pirates, and they have the second and third best records uh, in baseball right now as well. So the division, which had gotten ridiculed for a long time, but remember that division always had six teams in it before this year, so it always had the Astros, the Cubs, uh, the Pirates, the Brewers. You know, it, no other division had six teams. So, yeah, there was more – Ability, I guess, for a team to be really bad in the division. But right now, you got three teams with three of the. Well, I guess the uh, Pirates are tied with the Rangers now. But that's amazing right now. Well, it start. really is. And for you to talk about the National League Central, the fact that the Cardinals have the best record, the the Reds and the Pirates. I'm telling you, I, I really feel timing is everything. Now you might consider going against the Pirates, but statistically speaking, the Reds solid pitching, hitting, the Pirates. Forget their record. I mean, the statistics, the numbers don't always tell the story. Right. Oftentimes, you have to look past because the final score is just another statistic from a handicapping standpoint. But the Pirates and the Reds have been right up there in regards to the top teams in the National League hitting and pitching and winning. The Atlanta Braves, my team. Very good team. My team. Is that your the team? Atlanta is Braves. that who you root for? Today. Okay. Yeah, it just varies Today? from day to day. Yeah, it's a two-and-a-half, three-hour contract. you're a boy that grew up in, in Iowa, right? Yeah. That made you a Cub fan? Is that make, listen, I, I just You were a kid. My favorite Before team. you decided to be a professional ne'er-do-well, when, what when did you decide I was to a do? Steeler fan, okay? They don't play baseball. But that's irrelevant. Uh, as a, were you a uh, fan Believe of it or not, in growing up in the 70s, I was a big Jose Cruz, Enos Cabell, Bob Watson, Houston Astros, Houston Astros fan. Guy, I think yeah. it was because I liked their uniforms. They were cool. So... And now I'm starting to think, boy, the past eight days, it would be nice to revisit being a Houston Astro fan. Right. They've been a big cash cow at the I'm bet sure window. Th th those bars in Dubuque were full of Astros fans, weren't they? No, not really. <laughs> they were full, <laughs> not but Astros. not of Astro well, fans. Well, that's, that's cub, cub country over there. It is cub country, but more twins because, okay. I mean, northeast Iowa, adjacent to the Minnesota border. Okay couple Makes of sense. hours from Minneapolis. Thanks for the geography lesson. I appreciate that, yeah. All right, yeah, no problem. But, again, you know at this late date that my favorite team is the team that I have money on. Right. Nothing more, nothing less. So you have been listening. So you tell me you like the Braves today. <laughs> <laughs> I like a lot of things today. <laughs> it reminds me, you told me off air, and you oh. told me last night, the game that you gave out yesterday lost, yeah. but everything that you, everything else that you bet I, won. I feel bad because of the fact that uh, I lost yesterday. 
but I on the air. I, I played six baseball games yesterday. I played five games, but I had two different bets on the Cardinal game. I played the Cardinals on the money line and on the run line. I also played the A's, the Astros, the Dodgers. Then I had the two bets on the Cardinals. There's five. And then I gave out the Indians, who lost. So I went five and one yesterday in my personal plays, and the game I gave out on the radio was the only loser. Hate it when that happens. Yes, I feel bad. I really do. <laughs> You're listening to The Odds Couple, Scott Pritchard, Pritchardspicks.com, Brett Grant, GM of KSHP. We're going to put money into your pocket as we together now put you on the right side. Well, as we just uh, talked about uh, yesterday, my play fell out. The Indians were tied with the Yankees 4-4. Uh, the two runners on for the Yankees, a base hit at the middle. And you watched enough baseball. Where's the, where's the pitcher supposed to go with a guy in scoring position and a play coming to the plate? Where is the pitcher supposed to go? This is your segment. I'm concentrating. The go pitcher's ahead. supposed to go behind the catcher as a backup, right? Well, everyone knows that. Yeah, the, Justin Masterson decided to stand between <laughs> home plate and first and, and the pitcher's mound, and he cut off the ball, and the runner would have been out by 30 feet. He was out by a mile, and Masterson caught the ball, and the catcher just goes, what are you doing? <laughs> anyway, the Yankees won the game. That's all I got to say about that. Today I'm going to go to another game, and I'm stalling because I have no idea what the game is. I know what it is. Okay, we're going to go to an interleague game between the Oakland Athletics, a red-hot team that Scott was talking about, and the struggling Milwaukee Brewers at home. A.J. Griffin against Kyle Loach in this spot. The A's are a small favorite. It opened uh, 113. I think it's moved now. Another game that's moved to my favor. See, yesterday's game moved to my favor, and I lost. Maybe I should... Uh, well, I'm trying to think. Did it move in your favor after you bet it or before? No, I, I bet it, and then the, then it was not as valuable as it was when I bet it. So I got the more I got more Good. value. That's, and the that's, same thing that's here. That's critically important. This game is also so the moved move, The money is on your side. Right. Good. Great. But I hey, lost yesterday. you're learning. That's okay. Long term, <laughs> okay. you'll be fine. All right. I'm going to sleep on your couch. Uh, A.J. <laughs> Griffin against Kyle Loach today. The Athletics are winners of, I think, 10 of their last 11 overall, winners of four in a row. I'm riding the A's, and I'm going to lay the short price on the road against right now a, a struggling uh, Milwaukee Brewers team, a Kyle Loesch who's got a little bit of elbow issue, and he's 1-6 and six on the season, just really hasn't gotten any traction in Milwaukee. So I like the A's minus the 113 today. Before we get to my right side, I want to recap what I did yesterday. I've been on a major streak. Going to keep on keeping on here. The odds couple. I have to say that I played the under in the Angels-Astros game. 2-1 final. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. 14 wins. Six losses. That's 14 and 6. My last 20 plays. I'm looking at a side today in baseball. Small favorite. I tend to bet uh, ATS against the spread. In basketball, limited number of games, of course. I bet baseball totals. And in baseball, I tend to bet dogs. On this show, I will step out occasionally and give out a small favorite. Check out my plays, PritchardsPicks.com. Free plays, some of which you have to play, pay for. I will say I'm looking at the Texas Rangers. I like this team. They're on the road taking on the Boston Red Sox. Interesting pitching matchup. You have Grimm, a righty versus Dempster for the Red Sox. Now, last night I released the play to my good buddy Jacob Cannon as I do my work the night before, and I laid 31 cents with Boston. The cheapest price you can get today right now, the money, again, going my way. 35. It's 35 to 40, so obviously lay the 35 cents. The right side for me, 
Boston at home, Dempster, the starting pitcher against Grimm for Texas. I respect the Rangers not as much as when they're on the road. The whip factor for both of these pitchers, 1.44 for Grimm, 1.39 for Dempster. The Red Sox home cooking at home, minus 31 cents is what I played. Minus 35 is good. I'm 14-6 and six my last 20 plays. Well, there's a, a couple of things. Yesterday there was nine games in baseball. The favorites were 7-2 and two yesterday, but last week, I went back and looked. The underdogs last week were winners 49% of the time last week. That is it. That is a cash cow. If you're hitting 49%. That was for a seven-day sample. Right, I understand. It's a small sample size, but I'm talking long. And it doesn't mean I say that I'm a dog player. It doesn't mean that I just step up to the bet window and I bet nothing but dogs in every single game. No, you want to spot your picks, pick your spots, be selective. Most sports bettors know just enough to get themselves into trouble. I'm here to promote that a little advantage can go a long way. If you're grinding, scalping 8, 10, 12 cents per bet that you make times 3 to 5 bets per day times 7 days a week times 365 days in a year times 30 years of doing this, you're still here. I'm here. I'm alive and well, and as you can tell, I haven't missed too many meals. Even if you went to the baseball game and didn't eat at the games. Well, there was one exception. I did... I did have a double cheeseburger the second night. Okay. Did, but you, the go first all, did night, you go all three games in a row? Well, I had, I had a show at the Cube Theater oh, at the okay. Palms, uh, adjacent to the Palms on Sunday night, so I had to come back early. Okay. But Friday night, nothing. I paid $15 for my ticket and sat in a great seat. And then, even though pool holes didn't play, I'm trying to balance the scale. <laughs> it's not like they give me a discount because pool holes isn't going to play. No, you didn't get a discount? No. And then Saturday night, $19 because they gave me a free wig. But there was decent crowds on Friday and Saturday night. I thought last night more on Saturday. Empty. Yeah, more okay. on Saturday than Friday. Because it was, it was occurring to me, it was because it was wig night. Yeah, and they have fireworks. Which and this had and you that. been there about three weeks before, you'd have been perfect for that. Yeah, you got hair before again. they shaved my head. Yeah, right. you got hair again. Right. Well, we talked earlier briefly about uh, winning streaks, losing streaks in baseball. The Oakland A's have won four consecutive games. Houston Astros have won six. On the other side of the coin, the Angels have dropped four in a row. That's because they've been playing the Houston Astros. The White Sox, seven consecutive losses. A little bit of a surprise to lose seven in a row, but this team, they they just can't score. Yeah, I'm surprised by the White Sox because I thought that was a team that I like their makeup a little bit. I mean, obviously with Chris Sale, who's a terrific uh, frontline pitcher, lost again yesterday against a Mariner team that's not necessarily very good, especially at home. Seattle's only 14 and 12 at home. I, you know, you look at typically for a, a baseball team that is successful, they're very, very good at home, and they're just above 500 on the road. That team usually is a playoff team. If you can stay can sustain 81 games and win 40, 45 road games, you typically make the playoffs. And the White Sox right now are really struggling, especially uh, offensively. They can't score. We're talking sports betting on the odds couple. I want to take a look at a couple of over-under teams for the season. The Houston Astros are the number one team over 34 of their 66, 34 of their 56 games have gone over the closing total. Texas Rangers of all teams under 32 times out of 53 games. You've been listening to the odds couple on KSHP AM 1400 radio, live and worldwide, Vegas video network. My name is Scott Pritchard, professional sports better handicapper featured on my site, Pritchardspicks.com. Go to my site, sign up for free picks, VegasInsider.com, RoughPicks.com. For Brett Grant, my name is Scott Pritchard. Great having you with us. Good luck and goodbye. <laughs>